0: a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. We are live here from the studio. I got my producer, Conrad, out here with me. We have a lot to talk about. What a day today has already been. Justin was just on the mound, got the win for the Astros. A lot has happened, so we're going to do a little midweek update. And as with every last show of the week, I will select my team of the week right here behind me, Uh, some other fun segments as well. And of course, every final episode of the week, I like to be a little interactive, a little more fan-heavy. So at the end of the show, we will be answering any and all fan questions. Well, maybe not all of them. We might not always get great ones. But most of the fan questions, so if you have any, send them in. We'll answer those later. But let's start with some midweek updates. Let's start right now with what just happened. As we're recording here, uh, 2 o'clock, Los Angeles on Thursday. Justin and the Houston Astros just wrapped up. Justin gets another victory for the Astros. Seven innings, four hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Man, it's just... It's so good to see him back. There weren't, there was the Martin Perez of the Rangers had a perfect game going here for a while. That finally breaks back and forth these two went, but Justin was lights out, man. Fantastic. This tweet from Brian McTaggart, Justin Verlander in four starts this season, 26 innings, 14 hits, five runs, four walks, 28 strikeouts, and a 1.73 ERA. So I wanted to talk about that coming right out of the show because that game just wrapped up. I just was celebrating the final out being recorded a couple of minutes ago. Another win for Justin. Just dominant, man. It's so good to see. He got in a little bit of trouble there in that last inning. Got up to 97 with his fastball. He's back. He's healthy. He's looking like an athlete. He had to cover first base today. Stretched. Almost did the splits. That was great. Dude's so back. Awesome to see. Um, And just a good outing. For Justin today Conrad what, what we got today what we got in this episode
1: I mean we have a lot today in this episode but one question I have for you and obviously you're closer than Justin than anybody is how surprised are you at how well he has come back this year because it's not that he's just come back he's been absolutely dominant
2: I I know this is going to be you know I am obviously biased here but to answer your question honestly I, I'm not I'm not at all surprised. Um, I, I've, known, I've known the way Justin works. I see how hard he works behind the scenes. I know his attitude. I know his mentality. I know how hard he's worked to get back to this point. Um, so, yeah, you know, to see what he's doing, um, I, I know it's a rarity. I, I know we've never seen anything like this. I know we've never seen a guy 39 years old coming off of Tommy John surgery come back. And one, one it's only happened once before. Jamie Moyer is the oldest guy to ever get Tommy John. Now Justin's coming back. But to do what he's doing, we've never seen that. Uh, and, and, and total honesty, I'm not surprised in the least bit. It has been awesome to see he is back. He is in vintage Justin Verlander form. And uh, it's been an absolute blast to see. And I am not shocked
1: whatsoever. Well, that makes one of us because he has been absolutely (laughs) filthy. I mean, when you came out before the season and said, hey, he's still a top ten pitcher in baseball, I think just like everybody else, I'm like, all right, well, I understand what you're saying, but is he really a top ten pitcher? And now you can't tell me he's not a top five pitcher in Major League Baseball with his performances.
2: Yeah, you know, and you're right. I did my top – who I thought would be top ten pitchers this year. I had Justin – not you know, I was right in the middle, right around five or six, I believe, Um, and – There was a lot of, oh, yeah, you're just being biased. And and no, you know, I I just know Justin. I I know how hard he's working behind the scenes. I know that he is one of the greatest to ever do it. I know how much coming back has meant to him, to getting back to where he was before he went down, which before he went down, he was the Cy Young Award winner in his last full season. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for me to put him there. And honestly, I might have put him too low. He might have should have been been number one. Number one in my heart, that's for sure. But what a start, man. And it's been awesome to see. And another great start today. It it was dominant. It was dominant the entire game. And then you get to that seventh inning where he finally got in a little bit of trouble. Hadn't given up a run yet. Loads the bases. Gets a weak contact. Sack fly. Guy almost gets thrown out the plate. Gets the next out. Eight punch outs on the day. Um, It was awesome. It was awesome to watch in a great outing.
1: It absolutely was tremendous performance today, but let's move on to another midweek update. We have the Anaheim angels and their outlandish performance of lately. They're getting vintage Mike trout. You're starting to throw in just MVP Otani and they have a bunch of other guys that are playing just at a tremendously high level.
2: Yeah. Don't make sure you don't get called out. Now the Anaheim angels, they'll, they'll get you the Los Angeles angels are great. It's been an awesome start to the year. Um, And let me start here. Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player that we have seen in a long, long time. Now, he's been hurt. There's been injuries in the past. Let's not forget just how good Mike Trout is. He is back. He is dominating. It is incredible to see. He is so locked in right now. That, look, every single Mike Trout at bat is must-see TV, in my opinion. But right now, it's like, put aside everything you're doing. I don't care if you're driving down the highway, pull off to the side. I don't care about that either. You have to watch Mike Trout right now. Everything he is hitting is an absolute rocket. He's riding a 10-game hitting streak. He's reached base in 14 of his last 15 games. He's only played 15 this season. In 14 of 15 games that he's played in, he's reached base. He has two plus hits in four of his last five games. He's hitting 365. What? He's got 10 RBIs already in 19 games, and he's only played in 15 of them. Mike Trout is one of the greatest baseball players that we have ever seen, and he is back, he is healthy, and he is showing everybody why He is one of the greatest to ever do it. And in my opinion, he's already on my Mount Rushmore of of baseball players.
1: Producer Conrad, he's he's so back. He really is. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, and obviously there's all the injury concerns with Mike Trout in the the past. But what is the ceiling of this Angels team with a healthy Otani and a healthy Trout and all the rest of the position players that are playing just at a very high level right now for this team?
2: Yeah, you know, the, the ceiling is obviously having Trout and pairing him with Otani is huge. But we we need more than that. The Angels need more than that. Obviously, I, I think the world of Shohei and I think Mike Trout is one of the greatest of all time. Baseball is not like other sports. You can't have one MVP in your starting lineup and and automatically be a playoff team. The Angels might just have... Two. In fact, they do have MVP, two MVP guys that are in their lineup. That's not enough. There's nine guys that are in a lineup, and those two guys can't hit every single time up. That's just the nature of it. And then that's only one side of the ball. Then you have to go pitch better. So the the ceiling with having them two um, healthy is very high. It's important to both of them to have both of them doing well. Shohei is going to be great this year, and he can be even better because he has Trout in that lineup. But the ceiling with just the two of them without production around them, you know, it's not high. We've we've seen it before. Obviously, last year Trout gets hurt, but we've seen the two of them healthy before, and it's just this Angels team needs to be better. But they are better, and they are better in every facet of the game. Let's look at the let's stick with the lineup for now. Let's talk about the depth in this lineup. And I want to start with Taylor Ward, who is the hottest player on the planet right now. It's incredible. Taylor Ward is batting 395, four bombs already, nine RBIs in the first 11 games that he's played in. He's batting in the leadoff spot now. The game that we that they're just coming off of So the game Wednesday night, he had a double, a triple, and a grand slam. And he scored four runs in that game. Let me explain just how rare that is. That has only been done twice in the modern era. The other one being Roger Maris in 1958. This tweet sums it up perfectly. Taylor Ward of the Angels, is only the second player in the modern era to have a double, a triple, and a grand slam. That is incredible. Brandon Marsh is hitting great. He was a rookie last year. Comes up, shows potential. This year he's hitting over 300 so far. He's hitting great. And he's got a a beard that's like Jesus. He's got a Jesus-like beard. How can you not root for that guy? He's great. He's fast. He's adding depth to this lineup. I really like this Angels lineup. I tweeted this last night. The Angels rake. I mean, yes, you have Shohei, who's hitting better now. Three hits last night. You have Trout, who's in Fuego, one of the greatest to ever do it. He's better now than ever. I mean, what he's doing right now is is incredible. But then you have Taylor Ward who's been unbelievable. You have Brandon Marsh. You have Joe Adele, who started off really slow, who is now picking it up. Grand slam the other day. He's playing well. Tyler Wade adds a different dynamic to this team, this lineup. He's he's really fast, dropping down bunts. This Angels lineup will get you any way you look at it. They've been fantastic. Been really good to see what the Angels lineup is doing. Pitching-wise, I mean, then it just really this, – this is where this Angels team is going to separate themselves. The Angels have not pitched well for a long time. You in Noah Syndergaard, who's 2-0 with a 2.1 ERA. Michael Lorenzen, 2.93 ERA. Patrick Sandoval, who's looked great through three starts. He's 1-0 and with a zero. Back into the bullpen, Aaron Loop, Rysell Iglesias, Archie Bradley. Man, this Angels team is different. So you ask what's their potential with Otani and Trout? Certainly higher. What is their potential with all these guys? Well, the sky is the limit. They have to stay healthy. They have to have those guys in the back end of the bullpen be special because the rest of that bullpen can be a little shaky. But when you have that lead, you got guys in there that can get the job done. The sky is the limit for this Angels team, and it isn't just because of Shohei and Mike Trout. It's because of the depth of this team. They are fantastic. They are a good team out in the AL West, and I'm excited to see what they can do this year, Producer Conrad. They're looking great, man.
1: They really are, but now we have a legitimate issue in the AL West. You have three contending teams. The Mariners have lost a couple games in a row, but they're still playing at a high level. The Angels are now playing at a really high level in your Astros. So who who are you taking as of right now? Who do you think has had the the best stretch of 15 to 17 games so far to start the season?
2: I think given the last couple of days, you got to take you got to take the Angels. The Angels have impressed me. The two that have impressed me the most are the Angels and the Mariners. The Mariners have looked good this year. Yes, obviously they run into a good Reyes team, uh, and they've lost a couple of games. The Angels are are the the ones to me that have impressed me the most. And not just, I I knew they were good offensively. I knew they were really good offensively. But pitching-wise, the Angels have really, really impressed. So to me, in the AL West, the most impressive is the Angels. Next up, I want to get to our next midweek topic. And it isn't just the Mets. It's not just the Yankees. It is the state of New York as a whole, and baseball in New York. But first up, We're going to get to our guest to talk a little bit about the Mets and bring in Anthony DiComo. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. I really appreciate it. Happy to. Yeah, I know
0: it's a, uh, hey, the Mets are a popular team right now, right?
2: Yes, they are extremely popular right now. and, And that's why I want to talk about them. One, I was big on this team coming into the year because of all the changes that were made. Um... But for too long, we've heard people saying, well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The Mets are going to Met. And I said, I'm tired of hearing that statement. I feel like this is a different team. Anthony, what is the vibe like amongst fans in New York right now, amongst Mets fans? Are they excited? Are they a little timid to be excited? Where do they stand with this current Mets team that is fantastic and one of the best in the NL?
0: It's a really good question because I do think it's a little bit of both. There's definitely an excitement (laughs) because people aren't blind, right? They see how good this team is already. They see the talent on the roster. They see that, you know, unless you really get hit by the injury bug, particularly in that rotation, this looks like it's probably pretty sustainable. This looks like it's a playoff team. And then once you get in the playoffs, this looks like the type of team that could potentially go places. So everyone sees that everyone knows it, but you're also talking about, a franchise whose fan base has had decades of disappointment, and certainly they've had good teams before. Uh, you know, in 2015, they made that run, but you go back further, 06, 07, uh, even 08. These were teams that Mets fans thought similarly about really good players, talented rosters. It didn't happen, uh, late 90s, 2000, they made it to the World Series, but it didn't really happen for them, and it hasn't happened since 1986. So, I, I think there is. Definitely a feeling from some fans that, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? And that might not go away until you get to October and the other shoe hasn't dropped, but none of it should mitigate you know, what the Mets have done, uh, what this roster looks like and how good they could be going forward.
2: Well, you, you just mentioned it and you said one thing that fans are often timid about is, is the injury concern and injuries in the rotation. Let's, let's start with that. one using your words, one of the shoes already dropped right before the year started. The biggest news is and, and the greatest pitcher in the game of baseball goes down. This rotation, Anthony, has been fantastic. So given that news, right before the season starts, that Jacob deGrom's hurt and he's not going to pitch for a while, did you envision this rotation being where it is right now and being as good as they are? Because you, you have deGrom goes down who's the best pitcher on the planet, this rotation outside of Max Scherzer, other than him, has stepped up and been fantastic. Did you see that coming?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't expect this team to crater by any means because they do have the talent. But I think anyone who sits here and says, okay, without Jacob DeGraw and the Mets are going to have, if not the best, one of the best rotations in the right. league in April. It, it, I mean, it's 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 just not realistic to have thought that. And part of the thing was coming into the season – You had a group of talented pitchers in this rotation, but every single one of them had question marks. Even Max Scherzer coming off last October and some of the injury concerns, he had a question mark. Carlos Carrasco, huge question marks. Tyler McGill threw a ton of innings last year, and we weren't even really sure what he was coming into the season. So that was a question mark. We didn't know he was going to be in the rotation. So you just keep on going down the line, and you could certainly envision a best-case scenario for all those guys in April. But it will be tough to say they're all going to hit their peak. They're all going to be that best-case scenario, but they really have. With the exception of Carrasco's start yesterday, in which he really had his first bad one, he's been great. McGill has been something better than we've seen in the past from him. Some of the fill-ins, like David Peterson, have been great. Chris Bassett has been Chris Bassett. Max Scherzer has been the Max Scherzer that we know. So you just go on down the line, and I think if you drop a best-case scenario for all these pitchers in April, they've all pretty much hit it, which... Uh, I couldn't have predicted, and I think most people who say they predicted it would have been lying. Do you
2: think so? So you add in a piece like Max Scherzer, who obviously we know as a pitcher on the mound is fantastic. But when you look at Degrom going down and the rest of the rotation stepping up, you think Max Scherzer has a little bit to do with that? You think he comes in and has a big uh, impact on these other pitchers in that rotation?
0: Absolutely, because all of a sudden, you know, Chris Bassett, for instance, isn't being asked to be. The number one like he was in Oakland, Um, you know, Carlos Carrasco is still not towards the top of the rotation. So you've got Max Scherzer. Everyone looks to everyone watches what he does and he sets the tone uh, both in the things that he says and does in the clubhouse, but also by how he performs on the mound. So just having a guy of that caliber, I think, is a calming influence on the team, on the rotation, on the roster. And I think when that DeGrom injury happened in spring training, if you're a player in that room, Or even if you're a fan, you can look to Max Scherzer and say, like, okay, we're still going to be okay. It might not be great, it might not be what we want, but we're going to be okay because we're going to get a quality start once every five games, and that's exactly what Max Scherzer has done. And the other other part of it is all of this is buying time for when Degrom eventually does come back and can be that force. And you don't, you're not looking at the calendar, being like, oh, we need Degrom next week, we need to rush him, we need to do this, that, the other, because you can wait. You've been fine without him.
2: I think that's been a big part. This Mets team has had talent for the last couple of years, and they have needed Jacob deGrom. It feels like this year you don't need to rush him back. You can give him that time. This team doesn't need him. Obviously, they're light years better than they already are with him because he's the best on the planet. But before we move on from the pitching, let me let me ask you about Jacob deGrom. Where is he What can we expect Uh, when can we expect to see him back out on the field and how is he feeling right now.
0: Yeah he's in a bit of limbo right now Uh, Mm -hmm. he's still not been cleared to throw a baseball which is great news but his shoulder is healing he's been cleared to do some resistance band work Uh, is getting some manual therapy on the shoulder all these basically everything that leads up to throwing and he could feel great in a week and the Mets could clear him to throw he it might take a couple weeks it might take another month. I'd be shocked if we see Jacob de Gram before June. It could certainly be a mid-season thing, maybe even a second half of the season thing. And I think that's the point is kind of what we just talked about is that's okay because this Mets team, again, as currently constituted is good enough to make the playoffs. I know fans who don't like jinxes don't like to hear it, but they should make the playoffs <laughs> with Jacob de DeGrom with whatever semblance of Jacob de Gram they get. And then once you add him, You want him there, and then you got him for the stretch run. You've got him for the playoffs. You go into the playoffs. If you have a healthy DeGrom and a healthy Scherzer at the top, you're going to be among the favorites, regardless of how many starts DeGrom gave you during the regular season.
2: Yeah, so offensively, there were a lot of new guys brought in this year, a lot of studs. I I I think underrated guys that had played in smaller markets, they come in, and they've been really good. Mark Canna, um, Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte. Do you think there's any bit of, you know, for Francisco Lindor has been so much better this year. And by better, I just mean he seems like he's back to being himself. Do you think there's a little bit of those guys come in and it takes a little pressure off of Lindor and he can just get back to playing the game and he's not the new guy that needs to produce up to up to the ability of his contract?
0: 100%. And, and I've heard guys in the clubhouse say this. I've heard, I've heard Buck show up if it was Lindor himself has said this, and, and I actually loved one of Buck Showalter's quotes about Lindor about a week ago, and he was asked about why this version of Lindor has been different, and he said, I think he doesn't feel like he needs to be everything to everybody at all times, right. and you can see it. It's a much more relaxed version. You talk about the depth of this lineup. There's no one guy that really stands out. There's no Mike Trout or Shohei Otani in this lineup that stands out, and you're just waiting for his turn in the in the order to come by. No, it's, it's really, it's one through nine or at least one through eight, that is a professional hitter after professional hitter, professional hitter, Uh, a guy like Eduardo Escobar is very quietly, you know, among the league leaders in doubles, extra base hits, all that stuff. You probably wouldn't know it if you just looked up and watched the random Mets game because they do it quietly. They kind of do it in this reserved fashion. But I think as a result is exactly what you're saying is taking place. I think Lindor doesn't feel the same pressure. Pete Alonso probably doesn't feel the same pressure that he did in 2020 going off his his rookie season. A guy like Jeff McNeil has spent most of his career batting one, two, or three in the lineup. He's batting eighth. So he doesn't have the same pressure on him. And I think it just kind of rubs off. You don't need every single one of those guys to be clicking at a given time. You're probably going to have three or four of them clicking at a given time. And when that happens, you're going to score runs pretty regularly. Steve Cohen has brought
2: in a lot of guys to take the pressure off the stars that were already there. This This team, the roster on paper, looks fantastic. One person that I feel isn't being talked about enough, Anthony, is the manager, Buck Showalter. He comes in. I, I feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves. That's a big piece, a big guy to bring in, to bring a team together. How are guys enjoying playing for him? What, what is the vibe amongst the players when it comes to their manager, their leader, Buck Showalter?
0: Well, they're winning. And that's—I mean—the vibe's always going to be good. <laughs> yeah, so the vibe is going to be good, and I—I and am kind of a believer of that—that that, you know, winning creates um, that sort of clubhouse chemistry, and not necessarily the other way around. You could have a team that gets along well that loves its manager, but if it doesn't have talent, it's probably not going to matter all that much. When you're winning, everything is swimming. And, and um, you know, typically, what I say when people ask me questions like this is, well, let's see how it goes when something starts to go wrong. But that happened immediately. As we just discussed, Jacob deGrom suffered that injury before the season even started. That's a really big thing to have go wrong. And I do think it's a credit to Buck Showalter that the team was just able to kind of chug along um, and not really harp on it too much and and go forward. And and you really wouldn't know. You certainly wouldn't know by the team's record, but you really wouldn't know just by the way these guys in the clubhouse the vibe in the room that something that catastrophic in terms of an injury to your best player that happens. So I do think there's a calmness to Buck Walter. I think guys appreciate, uh, you know, the way, kind of the no-nonsense way that he goes about the job. And, um, yeah, again, as long as it's paying off and wins, I think people are going to be happy with, with, his, uh, with the way <laughs> he's doing it.
2: True. Anthony, last question before I let you go. And this one, this is a loaded question for you. Are the New York Mets... The new Kings of New York City. Are they the best team in New York City?
0: It, it would be impossible for me to sit here and say no to that question because <laughs> they have been the best team this April. I do think they have a more talented roster, frankly, than the Yankees. And the Yankees are probably, you know, they're a playoff team as well, certainly in my eyes. Um, but the Mets are something different. This is, on paper, the best, best Mets team I've ever covered, and I've been doing this for more than a decade now. This is a more talented team, certainly. In 2015, Um, you probably have to go back to 06 for the last time that you've had a team this good on paper. So it's okay to feel excited about it if you're a Mets fan. (laughs) Kind of goes back to what we were saying before, waiting for that other shoe to drop. But this is a good team. And I'm not sitting here predicting that they're going to go to the World Series or anything like that. A million things can happen between now and October. But this team has as much of a chance as the Dodgers. The team has as much of a chance as the Giants. Whoever else you want to put up there in the National League, the Mets are, are that good. And it's going to be a fun summer to watch and see how it all unfolds.
2: You're not going to predict anything. You're just saying this team is good, and while it's happening, just enjoy it. No matter what the future enjoy holds. It. And you're absolutely right, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. I really appreciate it. I'll have uh, I'll bring you back on at some point when we're talking Mets again. You got it. Producer Conrad, let's. Uh, that was great. I, th- I say we need to talk about
1: the other team in New York at some point, yep. though, right? I think we do too. I think we definitely need to be talking about these New York Yankees. You know, I mean, everyone has been talking about the Mets, but the Yankees have also still been playing really good baseball. And I know we a couple times we've talked about them, not in the best light for the Yankees so far. They had a lot of struggles early, but uh, they're playing good ball.
2: Yeah, they they are. And and look, I, I will be their harshest critic when they're not playing well, and I will give credit where credit is due when they are playing well. And right now, they are playing good baseball. That, you know, despite everything, we've heard so much about the beginning of the season and, oh my God, what's wrong with the Yankees? You know where they're sitting right now in the standings? They're in first place, okay? So let's give it a rest. This Yankees team will, will be really good. They will be fine. Look, offensively is where they were really struggling. They have really started to pick it up offensively. You have D.J. LeMahieu batting 3.22. Aaron Judge has now reached base in nine of his last ten games. The Yankees coming into today were averaging 7.2 runs per game during their 5-game hitting streak. Offensively, the Yankees are back. The Bronx Bombers are back. They're doing what we expected this lineup to do. I've been saying all year long, this Yankees team needs to hit. That's what they have to do. That's what every Yankees team has to do they're built around their lineup they have all the stars in the world in their lineup Aaron Judge Giancarlo Stanton Joey Gallo right in there in the middle of that lineup um, DJ LeMay Josh Donaldson the stars are in the lineup the lineup needed to be better and to be quite honest with you
1: the lineup has been better the lineup has actually been a lot better and this is one thing I, I brought up to you yesterday and I think you kind of scoffed at a little bit but I was being serious Anthony Rizzo right now is probably the best hitter on this team so far this season. Is there any shot that Anthony Rizzo could be, like, a dark horse MVP in the AL this year? Look, the, the reason
2: I scoff, yes, Anthony Rizzo has been fantastic to start the year. And, and I hope he can – and if this pace continues, sure, he can win an MVP award. But I just don't see a world in which Anthony Rizzo is going to win – the most valuable player award in the American League. I don't. So the only reason I scoff is because of the other players out there that are our, like Mike Trout, Shohei, who's obviously going to be better. There's, there's other players on his team that I would probably pick over him. And, and Aaron Judge, um, I, I just, look, I, I'm really glad. I'm actually more glad than most people that Anthony Rizzo is doing this. You know why? Because Yankees fans didn't want him. He's one of the most likable guys in the league, and Yankees fans wanted Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson. They don't get either one of them. They get Anthony Rizzo, and it's kind of like, oh, great, Anthony Rizzo. And he's been off to an incredible start. So I'm really happy for him. I'm happy to see it. I love Anthony Rizzo. I just don't think there's a world in which he's going to win the American League MVP award this year. That, that's why I said that.
1: No, I, t- I totally get it. But can you imagine a world where Anthony Rizzo is hitting at this level and the rest of this Yankees lineup is still doing what they're doing? How dangerous is this Yankees team with Rizzo playing at a level like this?
2: They're first place in the AL East dangerous, right where they're sitting. I mean, look, I was the Yankees will forever be the team that, look, they didn't make that big splash in the offseason. So they're talked about like, oh, God, what are we going to see? Look, the, the Yankees have as much talent as you could ever want on your team. Aaron Judge is a superstar. Giancarlo Stanton's a former MVP. Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers on the planet. Geraldus Chapman's a fantastic closer. You look all around this team and it's like, wait, when it comes to star power, this Yankees team has plenty of it. So they're good. They're just fine. They, they need and, and I said this last time I talked about them when they were struggling, what do the Yankees need? Well, they need their guys to be guys. That was my exact quote. You need your guys to be guys. And you know who's been doing great since that? Aaron Judge has been good. Anthony Rizzo has been good. Garrett Cole is back looking good. Heraldus Chapman, you feel more confident with him coming out of the back end of the bullpen. The Yankees are good. The Yankees are doing just what they need to be doing right now. And I talk a lot about this offense, but that pitching staff needs so much credit. You know, you have Garrett Cole who was struggling to start the year, and this rotation was still one of the best in baseball without your guy being great. Jordan Montgomery is a 2.7 ERA through four starts. Jamison Ty on a three. Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor, three starts and a 1.15 ERA. Luis Severino. Started off struggling a little bit. He's turned a corner. He's got a 3.32 ERA through four starts. And now you have Garrett Cole, who is coming off of a dominant start. This rotation isn't getting the credit that they deserve. This team is built around their offense, it's built around outslugging everybody, hitting more home runs than everybody, which they're starting to do now. But what you weren't expecting is for their rotation behind Garrett Cole to be one of the best in baseball, and it absolutely has been. And then you get to that back end of the bullpen, and Aroldis Chapman, who, look, I don't know if everybody's feeling super comfortable when he comes in, but you're starting to feel a little better. He's throwing more strikes. He's looked great. Hasn't allowed an earned run all season. Four saves, 11 strikeouts in seven innings. Seven and a third. What more do you want out of a closer? A 0.00 ERA. I guess when you say, what more could you want? I guess cut down on the walks, um, stop throwing a lot of balls to the backstop. But he's been great. It appears he's figuring it out. This Yankees team has been complete. We talk about the Blue Jays a lot. I love this Blue Jays team. The Yankees are leading the AL East. They've been fantastic. And uh, when it comes to New York City, producer Conrad, I'm not going to sit here and, and pick one or the other right now. New York City is riding on a high. Both of those teams are fantastic right now.
1: They really are. New York, just the state of New York, playing tremendous baseball on both sides right now. But let's move over to our last midweek update. And, you know, there's just no way we can wait to Sunday to talk about this guy again, Shohei Otani. This is like basically like the subversion of this week in Shohei Otani, but it's just a little midweek update on him. Talk about his performance last night. You you know why
2: on this show we started this week in Shohei Otani news? It's because every week, He is doing something notable every week. And now it's to the point where, thankfully, we have more shows during the week and we have more opportunities to talk about him because we need to. Look, when I'm preparing for shows, when I'm getting ready, it's like, look, we have to keep a space open just in case Shohei does something incredible. And his last start on the mound, which came Wednesday night, he was incredible. Now, what I'm going to say. Well, you know, it might surprise you. People might disagree. But here's what I will say. Shohei Otani's start Wednesday against the Guardians was more impressive than his start against the Astros where he was almost perfect through seven innings. Through six innings. Almost perfect. Struck out 12. Last night against the Guardians, he was more impressive. Now, let me explain. He comes out. The game starts. He does not have his best stuff by any means. He couldn't locate his fastball. His slider wasn't near as good as it was in Houston. Guys get on base. Jose Ramirez, who's fantastic, hits a home run early in the game. 2 nothing ball game before you can blank. And then you start thinking, okay, look, we've, we've seen this before with Shohei. Is this going to be a start where he struggles? We saw it in... In Texas against the Rangers, he gives up the grand slam. It ends up being a short outing. It wasn't. He goes back out that next inning, still doesn't have his good stuff, just grinding, grinding through innings, making pitches when he absolutely had to. But he keeps going. And as he's going, you can just see the wheels turning. You could see him working through things. You could see him saying, this outing has not been acceptable I need to figure it out. And man, did he figure it out. Those last few innings were lights out. He was incredible the last two innings of that start. So I will not sit here and say that his start last night was better than the one in Houston because he was almost perfect. But I will say the start last night against the Guardians was more impressive because he didn't have his A stuff on the mound. He didn't even have his B or C stuff on the mound to start the game, and he figured it out. He figured out a way to get through those innings, to be really good doing it, and to get a win on the mound. He was fantastic on the mound. Sarah Langs tweeted, started the game on the mound and got three-plus hits at the plate. Angels history. Shohei Otani tonight. Jared Washburn in 2001. Clyde Wright in 1970, Ken McBride in 1962. Those are the only other names. Are you kidding me? This guy's a stud. Every night he's making history. That pitching outing was incredible. But he did the same thing at the plate. His first two at-bats weren't good. The same result. Roll over, ground ball to second base, easy out. He made adjustments at the plate as well. How do people not talk about this more? It is incredible what he's doing. He's out on the mound working through not having his best stuff, making live in-the-moment adjustments and getting it done. And then at the plate, he was having to make adjustments because he wasn't getting it done there either. So his third at bat, after rolling over his his first two pitches, he stays through the ball. He hits a laser beam up the middle, locks himself back in, And then we see an absolute rocket to right field for a double. He was making extremely impressive updates to his game in the live moment, both on the mound and at the plate. Look, I know I talk about him all the time, and I'm his biggest fan, but it was incredible what he did last night. We all know he has all the talent in the world. He can hit 500-foot bombs, and he can strike out 12 like he did in Houston but it's his ability when he doesn't have his best stuff going to put together an absolute gem. And he did that last night against the Guardians. It was incredible. So in my opinion, this is why I said this, this is why I tweeted it out. His outing, his game yesterday against the Guardians was more impressive than against the Astros. I walked away absolutely mind-blown by that outing. Um, the Angels look fantastic, and he's a big reason and a big part of why. Oh, I love him, Conrad. I don't think he's ever going to quit impressing.
1: I don't think he'll ever quit impressing. Every single week, we're like, ah, bad couple days, and then boom.
2: I mean, he's not going to quit impressing. The the guy broke a bat the other day, and he pointed at a piece of wood on the ground, and I was impressed by that. So (laughs) the guy can't not impress me. I promise you
1: that. Where are we going
2: next, Conrad?
1: Uh, We're going to go over to the weekend series to watch, and we're going to start with the big one. Astros at Blue Jays, a repeat from the weekend last series.
2: I'm pumped at some of these series that we have coming up this weekend. So you're going to be able to kick your feet up, relax, and watch some incredible baseball. And for me, one of those big series is Astros at the Blue Jays. We saw it last week. We saw Blue Jays at Astros, and it was a great series. This And my AL preview show was my prediction for the ALCS matchup. And I feel even better about that now. The the Blue Jays have looked fantastic. That series in Houston was great. I will say this. If we do get Blue Jays, Astros as an ALCS, we are in for a treat. So now we get the Astros going to Toronto, which will be a great series. The atmosphere will be great. The Toronto crowd deserves so much credit. They have been great to start the year. So Astros at Blue Jays this weekend is one of those series I'm excited to watch.
1: Yep. Next up, we have the Mets at the Phillies. Another huge series. After we just talked about the Mets a ton, what do you got on this weekend series?
2: Yeah, Mets at Phillies. This is, this is a big one for me because we all know what the Mets are doing. We see how they're doing. They're doing fantastic. They're one of the best teams in baseball. I liked this Phillies team coming into the year. I like them a lot. They haven't been playing great baseball to this point. They're they're right around the 500 mark as I speak. They're sitting at the 500 mark. They're a better team than that. So now you have the Mets coming to your home. It's time to flip that switch. It's time to get going. You're supposed to be a talented team. You're supposed to be able to compete with every team in that division. Well, this is the cream of the crop right now. This is the New York Mets. They're coming to your home. They're coming to your field. I'm really excited to watch that series. Look, I I like watching baseball in Philadelphia anyway. That field is small. There will be big offense. It will be a blast of a series to watch. One of those games is going to be the FS1 uh, on FS1, so I'll be watching that for sure on FS1, but big series.
1: We always got to make sure to watch the FS1 shows right here. Could I have here. said
2: FS1 any more than I did right there? I made sure to get that in what there. What channel
1: is it on one more time? FS1. Before? Mets Perfect.
2: at Phillies. Watch it on FS1. All
1: right. Next <laughs> series, we have the Angels at the White Sox.
2: Angels at the White Sox. You're going to love to hear this. Guess where this game's on.
1: Please tell me FS1.
2: FS1, baby. <laughs> but seriously, Angels at White Sox. This Angels team appears to be the real deal. They really do. Now you're going to Chicago to play the White Sox, who have been a fantastic team. They're not so far this year, but we know they're talented. We know they're a good team. So what does this series have in store? You have the Angels, who are showing to be a good team. We have the White Sox, who we know they are a good team, but not playing up to their potential. This is a big test for them both. It's a big test for both of these sides. Some great, great series Heading into this weekend that I am pumped to watch.
1: Great. Like I said, you can never beat it when there's a ton of great baseball on. Especially this early in the year. So many good matchups. Let's move on to a new segment. We got to get something cool when we get a new segment in here. Like some orange <laughs> or something. Yeah. Panic uh,
2: or patience.
1: A little panic um, or patience. Like Absolutely.
2: For, for this fun Thursday episode, whether it be something. We've been doing some buy or sells. We don't want it to be buy or sell every week. So this week, we want it to be panic or patience so i don't really know what you got coming at me whether it's players or teams but you know you get the gist of it panic or patience i'll tell you whether to panic or be patient.
1: all right the first one we have up is shohei otani's hitting i know he had three hits last night but still hitting eh, around what two twenty, two thirty 230 this year
2: yeah in the low 200s um this one is easy for me and i know you all know the answer patience be patient he is fantastic he will be great He is the reigning MVP. We already saw it. We saw it last night against the Guardians when he pitched. He got three hits. He's able to make adjustments. He's able to adjust mid-game, which separates him from a lot of people. It's not easy to do. It really isn't. This was a big part of me in my minor league career. When I started off a game getting a hit, there was a good chance I would get two or three hits. When I started off that game 0 for 2, I feel like it was close to 100% I was going 0-4-4. It's tough to make those mid-game adjustments. He's able to do it. He's able to make adjustments better than anybody. He's really good. He will continue to be having that protection of Mike Trout. Look, we're already saying it. He's turning a corner. The power will come. The swing is there. It'll be there. Patience with Shohei Otani's hitting.
1: Next one. We have uh, panic or patience for this injury-riddled Chicago White Sox team.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's obviously early in the year. I understand. But I'm going to say panic here. Now, this White Sox team is great. They have all the potential in the world. But the injury bug just keeps coming after them. It's bad. They keep getting hurt. We saw it before the year. Garrett Crochet goes down. He's out for the year. The injury bug is tough, but then you look at the rest of the division, specifically the Minnesota Twins, who appear to be better than a lot of people were expecting. Joe Ryan is at the top of that rotation. He's been fantastic. That rotation needed help. It it has it. The Twins have been better than we expected. The White Sox have been worse than expected and keep getting injured. Aloy Jimenez goes down again. I'm worried about them. So, here early in the year, I'm going to say panic on the White Sox.
1: Oh, some early season panic. Next up, Joey Gallo's performance so far this year.
2: You got to love some early season panic. I'm going to give you some more panic. When it comes to Joey Gallo, panic. Yeah, we, we've seen him have two games in a row where he hits a home run, but he's still in the, and hitting well under 200. You, you need him. The Yankees need Joey Gallo to be some sort of... You're not asking him to hit 280 with 40 bombs, but you're asking him to hit 220 with 40 bombs. So the power hasn't been there. The contact just hasn't been there at all. He's He's punching out three times a game nightly. You need more from him. So... Yes, we've seen flashes, but that game the other night where he hits a home run, he goes one for four with a homer and three strikeouts, which you would take every single night with Joey Gallo, but he's not hitting a homer every single night, but you're getting the strikeouts consistently. I'm worried about Joey Gallo. Um, I think New York City is getting to him a little bit. It's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to, to be a ball player. And I am worried about him moving forward. So when it comes to Joey Gallo's performance, I'm going to panic.
1: whole lot of panic going on. Let's see how you feel about this one then. Mookie Betts so far this season.
2: All right. I I have an interesting take on this. Now hear me out. When it comes to Mookie Betts so far this season and for his season to come, I am panicking. Now let me explain. I feel like I need to explain myself here. Mookie Betts is fantastic. He is one of the best players in baseball. I am panicking because this slow start has me worried. I know he will get better. I know he will be much better than his start to the season. I am worried that Mookie Betts will not ever be the Mookie Betts that the Dodgers were expecting. That worries me. I'm worried that he won't get back to that form that we saw late in his Red Sox career. I, I promise you, Mookie Betts will be a good baseball player this year. He will be really good. And I know he will get better than he is right now. The reason I say panic is not because I don't think he'll have a good year. It's because I'm worried that the Mookie Betts that we all know and love and want to see, we won't see. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope we see it. I hope we get that Mookie Betts from the Boston Red Sox. I hope we get to see him. Because he's one of the most exciting players in the game. He has all the ability in the world. And he's paid like he has all the ability in the world. So that's the only reason I'm saying panic. Is that fair, Producer Conrad? I'm not saying panic because I don't think he'll have a really good year. I'm saying panic because when I think of Mookie Betts, I think a top three player in the game, and I don't think we're going to get that.
1: I think it's really fair, to be honest with you. I think Dodgers fans would agree, too, if Mookie Betts is playing at Mookie's level. I mean, could you imagine that lineup if he's performing at what we know from Mookie Betts in the past? It'd be unbelievable. Yep. Uh, one last thing, Astros' slow start.
2: When it comes to the Astros' slow start, patience. Be patient. This team is really good. They have plenty of depth. The rotation has been fantastic. Let me throw a little stat your way. The Astros love getting off to slow starts. They love it. In 2021, last year, the Astros got off to a seven and nine start through 16 games. They were seven and nine. Now in 2022, they are off to a 10 and 9 start. And it feels like they are just not playing near the level they can. In 2021, when they got off to a 7 and 9 start, the Houston Astros went to the World Series. They won the American League championship. Be patient, the Astros will be fine. Now, where there is a little cause for concern is there's not as much room. For struggles in this AOS the Mariners, the Angels, they're there, they are for real, and they are much better. So be patient with the Astros. Their slow start, they they will be fine. They're above 500 right now. They'll be fine. But be patient. But they got to get it going. There's no room. There's not near as much room for failure. The Astros. Will be just fine. I promise you that. Patience when it comes to that. Next up, producer Conrad, where where what we got next? I know I'm heading over to the other side of the set here. What's next for you?
1: Yeah, you're you're gonna head over there and you're gonna break down for us the top five most electric players in Major League Baseball. Oh,
2: yeah. I love this. So, my top five electric players. We love doing lists here. I love a good list, and we wanted to find a way to do it during the year. So this one is the top five most electric players. We just had Jazz Chisholm on yesterday's episode of Flippin' Bats. If you haven't, please go listen to that interview with Jazz Chisholm. The man is a stud. He's obviously exciting, but his next level baseball IQ is incredible. Check out that episode. So will he be on this list? Maybe. But let's start with number five on my top five most electric players, and it is Pete alonzo now this one let me preface it by saying this i put pete alonzo's name out there when i was prepping for this show and i said i want him in this list of top five most electric players and people laughed pete alonzo is electric we've seen it in his home run derbies when he wins the derby he's hitting he's pumping up the crowd we see it on the field He's got a new gif out there this year from yelling the other day after a replay confirmed he was on the bag. He, gave, he gives all the energy every single night. We saw it recently when they get into an on-the-field skirmish with the Cardinals. Post-game, he was talking about it and said, yeah, no, don't mess with me. I was, just, I was just out there to protect my players. But if I wanted to, I could put anybody in the hospital. That's electric. He's an electric player, and he's on my list of top five. Let's head on over to number four, Javi Baez. Javi Baez is a magician in the field. He swings the bat. He swings the bat hard. It's electric when he makes contact. Javi Baez, in my opinion, is and has been for a long time one of the top most electric players in the game of baseball. He's fantastic. He's so. Much fun to watch. He has to be on this list. At number three, Ronald Acuna Jr., who, guess what? He's back. Starting tonight, Thursday night, Ronald Acuna is back in the Braves lineup, back playing right field. Look, he's one of the best players in baseball, but he is so good for the game of baseball, as this this entire list is. These top three are next level. Ronald Acuna is the man. He is electric. The Braves weren't even supposed to bring him back yet. They FaceTimed him at 1 in the morning, I guess technically Thursday morning at 1 a.m., asking if he was ready to come back up, which was early. He wasn't scheduled to for like another week. He started screaming, and he is so pumped up to get back. The Braves need him. The game of baseball needs him. He is electric. He is full of energy. He is at number three on this list. Next up, at number two, Fernando Tatis Jr. I know he's out right now. I know he is hurt. But when he's on the field, it's just another level. This is what this show is all about, by the way. Fun, exciting, playing the game with energy, playing it with passion. Fernando Tatis does that better than anyone. Almost better than anyone. He is incredible. I cannot wait for him to come back. Tatis is on this list at number two. So that leaves one final spot, and it is our guest on this week's show of Flipping Bats, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Man, he just does it all. He, yes, he is fun. He's exciting. He plays the game with energy. But he has taken another step this year to being a fantastic baseball player. He's now leading off for the Marlins, which was a great move to do. He's been awesome. He's diving all around the field. He's making plays. He's on social media doing whatever he wants. This man is incredible for the game of baseball. And when I said it a second ago, I mean it. That's what this show is all about. Yes, I love the game of baseball, but I want to showcase how fun and exciting the game of baseball truly is. And then Jazz Chisholm comes along and shows the world, yeah, the game is fun, the game is exciting. And I was able to ask him about that in our conversation yesterday on Flippin' Bats. I talked to him about that energy, that passion he plays with. He said it started from a young age, but he truly believes it's what makes him so good at the game. Along the way, there have been people that have tried to slow him down, to dim that fire. But At the end of the day, when you let Jazz be Jazz, we see the result on the field. And it is fantastic. I love watching guys like him play baseball. That's what it's all about. Baseball is fun. And these guys, this list of top five most exciting players, well, they make the game fun. Producer Conrad, where are we going next, my friend?
1: We're going to go into a little pick to click. You're now one and one on the season. Unfortunately, my man Jesse Winker couldn't come through for a home run with you last week. But you have a really hot take this week, too, as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll I'll talk about my my loss. I'm now one and one on the year. Shohei Otani getting a win and a home run was first up in that first week. Got that right. Jesse Winker didn't come through for me. But it's fine. I'm going to. I'm going to bounce back. We're going to go 2-1 and now, and it's going to start right now. We're going to go on a winning streak. It's going to start with this week's pick-to-click, Ronald Acuna. Now, there's a little caveat to this. Here's my pick-to-click this week. Ronald Acuna will hit a home run in his first week back, and the Braves will win both of their series. This week. Now they have a good series later in the week. They're, it's not all easy opponents for them. And the Braves haven't been playing good baseball. So this is bold. I could go something easy like Ronald Acuna will get a hit in his first week back. Nope, not doing that. I'm going bold. First week back, Ronald Acuna home run, and the Braves start playing better baseball. They win both of their series this week. That is my pick to click for this week. Check back in on next Thursday's live episode and see if I won that or not.
1: Yeah, we'll see if you can finish two and one after three weeks. But let's move on to another segment I think has been one of our favorites. It's your team of the week, the top of the top, the cream of the crop. Who you have this week, Ben? The top of the top, the, the cream, cream of the, the crop. crop. Listen to you. All right, team of the
2: week this week, where every week this is based off of the previous week that was. Every week I will go through and pick the best player at every position, in my opinion, and that that will culminate into my team of the week. And we will come out with a sick graphic every week and make it look all nice. So let's start with my team of the week. We will start at catcher, Ryan Jeffers of the Minnesota Twins. A couple of bombs. He's been really good for them of late. Fantastic week. Catcher was a tough position this week. Not a lot of guys stepping up and being like, Jumping off the charts as being great. Ryan Jeffers, though, he put together a really good week. He is my catcher on the team of the week. Let's head on over to first base. Ty France. What is there to say about Ty France other than he has a country named after him? That's how good he is. That's how good he has been. Unbelievable week. Four bombs in the week. Batted 357. Tons of RBIs. Ty France has become a guy on the Seattle Mariners team. On the team that before this year even started, people outside of Seattle weren't giving this man the love he deserves. He has come on the scene this year and just continued what he was able to do last year. He has been fantastic. One of the best players in baseball to this point. And having him on my list was a no-brainer. He is on my first but he is on my team of the week at first base. Heading on over to second base, DJ LeMahieu. We all know the names in this Yankees lineup. Judge, Gallo, Stanton. He's vital for the Yankees team. Last year, he did not have a good year, and I think the Yankees struggled because of that. You have a bunch of guys that are going to hit the ball out of the yard, and they're going to strike out a lot. He's not one of those guys. You need him to be that 300 average guy. You need him to not strike out. You need him to get on base. He was really good last week. Fantastic, in fact. And that's why he is my second baseman on the team of the week. Let's head on over to third base. My third baseman on the team of the week, Joey Wendell. Just a scrappy, no batting gloves, left-handed hitter. Good week. Three homers, 481. Joey Wendell was good. He had a fantastic week. He looks good so far this year. This Marlins team looks better. Joey Wendell has looked really, really good so far. He's my third baseman. Heading on over to shortstop, Willie Adamas. What a stud. Former teammate of mine, Willie Adamas, struggled to start the year. But when he gets hot, he is hot. And he is hot right now. Two bombs on the week. I think something like 11 RBIs. Willie Adamas is rolling. He is is my shortstop. Now we head to the outfield where this gets tricky. There are so many good outfielders. Let's start. And this is in no particular order. It's not like I'm picking a left fielder and then a center fielder and right fielder. Three outfielders. We're going to start with Taylor Ward, who we talked about off the top of the show. He has been incredible. He is the first player since Roger Maris. To score four runs in a game and double and a triple and a grand slam. Second player in the modern era to do it. He's been awesome over the course of the last week. I mean, he moves into that leadoff spot, and he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. Taylor Ward, first outfielder on my list. Next up, Mike Trout. We got two angels. They're playing great baseball. We got two angels. Mike Trout is on this list. Like I said earlier, he is must-watch TV right now. Every single at-bat. He is just hitting absolute rockets. He hit a ball last night that I thought was going to go through the wall. Well over 100 miles an hour. Hits off the top of the wall. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch him play right now. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. And when he's on the top of his game, well, then you know you need to watch him. Three home runs batting 500 in the last week. Mike Trout's on this list. And next up, my final outfielder, Byron Buxton. A walk-off bomb, one of the furthest home runs of the year, giving us all the energy doing it. 3 home runs, 333. Couple. I mean, he comes back from that injury r- immediately announces himself back on the scene he's playing a good outfield he's fast he's hitting for power i love what byron buxton is doing he is an mvp candidate when healthy i pray to the baseball gods that byron buxton can stay healthy throughout the course of a season so he rounds out my outfielders now let's move on where are we going next conrad pitcher or dh dh next all right our dh on the team of the week charlie blackman Plays a lot of outfield, has DH'd a couple times over the course of the week, though. I believe three bombs, playing great, playing way better defense than I remember to him remember him doing as well. But he he's looked good, 364 on the week, three bombs. Charlie Blackman is my DH on the team of the week. Next up, we'll go to the starting pitcher on the mound, Joe Ryan. Now, this is tough. This is a tough one. And let me preface, Logan Gilbert was almost on here, but these stats are based off the last seven days. Logan Gilbert's, not his, the start before last was eight days ago. He just aged out of this. Joe Ryan, however, did not. Two starts within the week, 2-0, zero earned runs, 14 Ks, a whip under 0.5. That is wild. Joe Ryan has been fantastic at the top of the rotation for the Twins. He was their opening day starter. People were saying, why is he the opening day starter? Who like Who is this guy? He's going to show you who he is. He has been fantastic. He is my starting pitcher on the team of the week. And finally, rounding out this week's team of the week at closer, Josh Hader. Josh Hader had four saves this week four three and a third inning pitched, six k's four saves what more do i need to say easy you get four saves in a week you're probably going to be my closer of the week he is the best closer in the game of baseball and he was fantastic this week as well that rounds out the team of the week this these are a bunch of studs producer conrad what a team we got here
1: Team of the week is always very, very great to see, especially when you have Ty France at first base. Ty France should be every position around there, player of the week. All right, let's get into some fan questions, though, Ben, Uh, to wrap this bad boy up. Our first fan question is going to be, who is your dark horse to win Cy Young this season?
2: Ooh, good question. Lamb Chop, who is your dark horse to win Cy Young? And you know what? I'm going to say my brother. I'm going to say Justin Verlander. And and to me, I had him on the list at the beginning of the year of who could be top pitchers, but nobody else really believed that he could have this year that he's having post-Tommy John surgery. So he's considered a dark horse. So I'm going to say Justin, who now has thrown 26 innings this year, 14 hits in those 26 innings, 28 Ks in only 26 innings, and a 1.73 ERA. What a start. So he is certainly he would be my pick of a dark horse to Wayne Cy Young. If I could pick one more I'd throw Dylan Cease in there. He's been fantastic as well. But I'll take my brother.
1: Sorry about that. I, I should be used to all the Zoom meetings I'm on and the fact that I forget to hit unmute for a live show. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Plus Dodgers fans be worried with the way they're playing against teams under 500 currently?
2: So, look, the Dodgers are really good, but and, and their record has been good, but they haven't really played a ton of good teams this year. You know, like, the Rockies are better than expected, but they haven't been playing great of late. They lose that series to start the year. They're coming off of a lost series to the Diamondbacks. Um, so, look, should you worry about the Dodgers? No. They are... The best team on paper in baseball. They'll be fine. They'll be right there when all is said and done. There are good teams in that division. The Padres and the Giants are really good. The Rockies are better than most would have expected. No, as a Dodgers fan, do not worry. But I am interested to see, like, this team hasn't played a ton of good teams. They played the Braves, but the Braves aren't off to a good start. The Padres are probably the best team that they've played so far this year in terms of who's playing well. And they won in that series. So I wouldn't worry about them. It's just like when they start playing better teams, are they going to start playing better? Which I believe they will. Don't worry about the Dodgers.
1: All right. Next up. Do you think Acuna has been rushed back? He played a bit in double A, one game in triple A before coming back to MLB tonight.
2: First off, I'm just, I'm so pumped Ronald is back. It is so good for the game of baseball. Look, I had been hearing all offseason that Ronald was like, a freak in terms of his recovery. And he was well ahead of schedule. And then we start seeing video on spring training of him hitting balls off the scoreboard. And in my head, I was thinking, is Ronald going to be back earlier than, like, the timeline says? Then he goes down in the minor leagues. Look, he got his games in down there. He was playing outfield. He was running hard. He was hitting balls hard. I think he's back. I don't think they rushed it. Now, obviously, the last thing in the world anybody wants is Ronald Acuna coming back and getting hurt they wouldn't allow that the braves wouldn't be okay with that he's he's done his work he was ahead of schedule he goes down and plays in minor league games he has played at full speed in baseball games professionally i don't think they've rushed him back but i'm excited that he is back
1: you have to be excited for ron acuna again one of the most electric players in baseball if you're not excited for ron acuna what are you really excited for in life you know Next question, Ben, which players slash teams disappointed you so far this season?
2: Oh, okay. Which players slash teams? Um, I'm going to start with team, and I see the logo that he has in his Twitter avatar, and I'm going to take them. The the Tigers have have disappointed me to start the year. You know, I, I didn't believe that they were ready to be a playoff team. I didn't think this was going to be the year. The Tigers turned the corner. They're going to get into the playoffs. But I believed that they would take a gigantic step forward. And they haven't. It hasn't been pretty so far to start the year. They're throwing the ball all around. They lost in one of the worst ways I could ever imagine the other night. It was like a Little League walk-off for the Twins. They've been bad. And they need to be better. They have the talent to be better. A.J. Hinch believes they can be better. And that's where it starts. You know, it's it, it it's, it's tough to start the year with Riley Green, who you believe in and is going to be really good, to have him be hurt and to not play yet. But there's no excuses for this Tigers team. They're talented enough to be better than where they are. So I'm going to take them as my team so far to be disappointed in. Players, I'm going to take, let's see. I'm going to take Mookie. I'm going to take Mookie as a player that I've been disappointed in, just because I believe in better for Mookie. I believe that he is a top five player in the game of baseball, and I don't believe that he should struggle as much as he has to start the year. And look, struggles start. It's still early. We're not even 20 games into a year. It's fine. I believe Mookie will be good. I'm just disappointed in the start that he has gotten off to. I truly believe in Mookie. I believe he is one of the faces of this game. I believe he needs to be better, so I'm just a little disappointed in the start so far this season, which was the question. I think he'll be better, but I'm disappointed in the start.
1: Well, this was our last fan question, but we're not going to end on a negative ho- note here. Uh, who are some teams and a player that has surprised you this season?
2: So the the reverse. Who are teams that have been a surprise? Um, let's see. I want to go with... First, I want to talk about the Mets, which I did off the beginning of the show. Uh, I I was a believer in the Mets to start the year, so I don't know if this fits in as a surprise. But for them to be playing as well as they have with the Grom out, I think that's a bit of a surprise for me. So the Mets are certainly a, a team that has surprised me. The Giants being as good as they are, again, they're just really good. And they continue to be underrated. I love what the Giants are doing. I love what their starting rotation is doing, led by Logan Webb, who is an elite pitcher in the game of baseball. He has been fantastic for them as well. So Mets, Giants are my pick for for teams that have been a a surprise. Not a surprise, a, a, a positive. A positive to start the year. That does it for fan questions, which, look, these Thursday episodes are fun. They're a blast. And I want to have an episode every week where you guys can watch. You can be a part of it. You can be, a, you can watch the taping happen live, and you can be a part of it by asking questions and getting them featured on the show. So thank you for getting those questions in, as you have been every single week. Keep getting those in. That is it. The final episode of Flippin' Bats this week has come to a close. Thank you, my friends, for listening. Make sure you check out this weekend's baseball. We got some fun stuff coming. Wherever you listen to the episode, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out when you do that and you rate it five stars. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode, the video is out on YouTube. Check that out as well. I appreciate you all for listening. This has been a blast. What another great week of baseball. I will see you on Monday's episode. That does it for this week's episode. Of flipping bats. I will see you next time.